0: Well, we've been in this series called Crazy Faith for a few weeks, and we're going to be continuing on that today, and I've just been loving this series. You know, the opening series of the series, Caitlin talked about crazy faith and what crazy faith is, and essentially it's having thoughts and actions that lack reason, does not make sense, (laughs) but trusting fully in what cannot be explicitly proven. We're having faith for things that don't make sense in our practical minds, in our physical situations, but we're believing that by God's grace, crazy things can happen. And so that's what crazy faith is. And then the following week, I touched on baby faith, which is small acts or steps of faith, you know? Do we have faith for that common cold to go away, right? Do we have faith for God's provision today and not just for the million dollars a year from now, right? Do we have faith for the small things, baby faith? And then last week we touched on maybe faith. You know, when, even when we have that little bit of doubt in there, as long as we're 51% sure, we can have faith. Yeah, I know, 51%. <laughs> That's just over the halfway mark. But just enough for us to step out into the things God's calling us to do and believing and having faith that he's going to be there with us all the way. And sometimes we're going to get it wrong. Okay, none of us are perfect in this, but the thing is, is that we're moving. We're stepping out. We're activating our faith because faith without works is dead, all right? Uh, but today, and I'm excited to bring this one. Caitlin wanted this one, but I'm getting to do it, so. <laughs> but uh, she, we got our weeks mixed up somehow, and I was, she was originally going to speak on this message, and then I thought I was supposed to speak on this message, and then she was like, But I was going to do that the following week, but I already prepared it, so there we go. (laughs) Anyway, wavy faith is today's topic. And even when the storms come, if we start to exercise our faith, we can operate in wavy faith. We can stand on waves. We can stand in the midst of things coming against us, and that is having wavy faith. Now we're going to be basing this message out of Matthew fourteen twenty-two to thirty-three, when Jesus walks on the water, which is an awesome, awesome story in the Bible that is true, which is that much more amazing. Um, but we've we've used lots of this story, lots for lots of messages. But I'm asking that God's could give us a new revelation for today, right? Because His li- His Word is alive and powerful for us today, and we can read the same story a hundred times in the Bible, and still have that expectation that Jesus is going to reveal something new to us in it even today. So as we go through this story, don't check out, don't think that I've heard this a thousand times, because it might be that thousandth and oneth time that Jesus has something very special for you, okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're just so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for the examples in scripture that we can turn to, that we can look at and apply to our lives, Jesus. We thank you that it's your desire to reveal truth of Scripture to us, to take your Word and open it and help us understand Jesus. So, Lord, as we get into this topic today of wavy faith, we just pray that this would be a growing time for our church. That for each one of us, we would walk away with a little bit more faith than we had before. Walk away with a little bit more truth deep inside of us than we had before. And walk away with a little bit more step in our step, (laughs) that we're going to be active people, actively pursuing you, actively pursuing your mission, and actively pursuing the things that you've put in our hearts, Jesus. So Lord, I just pray that you would bless your word as we read it today, and just pray that even through me, that you'd be using the words I speak, Jesus, to touch hearts today. Thank you in your name. Amen. So a question that I've heard asked before, before you go out the ocean, and Joey's actually asked me this before, is before you step out on the ocean or go in a boat, how's your sea legs, right? And for someone who frequents boat slots, you might have really good sea legs. Uh, for those of us that are land dwellers, <laughs> sometimes our sea legs aren't the best, right? Well, a good chunk of Jesus' disciples were fishermen. So I'd imagine that they had pretty good sea legs. I'd imagine they're able to put up with some waves, able to put up with some wind, able to handle rain, and not be hanging over the side of the boat doing disgusting things to the water, right? <laughs> Do I need to explain that? No. I think you guys understand. Well, me and Caitlin, we used to like going canoeing lots when we lived in British Columbia. There's lots of lakes all around us. We knew a fair bit of them fairly well. And this one lake we used to like to visit was called Ina Lake. It had like a small side of the lake and then a big side of, of the lake, and they were connected through this narrow channel. And we went there fishing one day. We just, we'd just go in our canoe. We'd go fishing for kokanee, which is a landlocked salmon. They're small. And rainbow trout would be the two that we'd fish for in there. And so we were, we were there this one day. We paddled out to the bigger side. It was a nice day. And we're out in the big side of the lake, and all of a sudden it starts getting windy like, real windy. And if you've ever been in a canoe before, they don't do so well when it gets really windy. They like to get pushed really hard. And so, you know, we're paddling hard. We're just everything we can to do to get to that smaller side of the lake because it's more protected. And in some senses, it gave me a picture of, like, how hard it was for those disciples out in the water, rowing their boat, trying to cross the sea, right, when the wind and waves came and if you ever want to test your marriage relationship, get in a canoe on a windy day and go canoeing across a lake. Okay? But, uh, you know, it's just a little picture, though, of a reminder of, for me of how it must have felt for those disciples that day, that evening, when they were in that boat in the middle of the wind, in the middle of the waves, crossing the water. But we're going to read it here. And this story picks up right after Jesus fed 5,000 people with. Five loaves of bread and two fish. So essentially, it was like two fish fillets, you know, like McDonald's sandwiches, right? That's what he fed all these people with. But uh, Matthew 14, 22 to 33, it says this. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain to pray by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took him, saying, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So just a couple things about this story, and then I've got five points today that we can operate in as we walk in wavy faith. First of all, that boat that they were in, that can represent our safety. It's the space we know, it's the thing that holds us up in the storms on top of the water, right? It's it's our, our, our little happy place, right? And modern boats today, like, you got some pretty nice seats in some of those things. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to get out of the boat. <laughs> but... When you're out in the water, that's the thing that's keeping you safe. It's designed to float. It's designed to handle waves. It's designed to carry you and your stuff, and hopefully your fish if you're fishing, right? But just like in baby faith, for some of us, you know, we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, and that's the extent of our boat. That's what we're sitting in, right? But Jesus asked us to go out and cross the sea. He's asked us to leave the shore, right? When we ask Jesus in our hearts, it's like getting into the boat, but we're still tied up to the dock. <laughs> Jesus told his disciples immediately, cross to the other side. Go to the other side. And for some of us, we might be thinking that God might possibly have something better for me. If we're going to operate in maybe faith, maybe we need to take that step. And we, we push out from the dock. We start crossing the waters, right? We're going. We're doing something for Jesus. But then things get wavy. Well, Jesus is calling us, all of us, to wavy faith, where it's time to step out of the boat and put our feet on the waves, and not while the boat's right by the shore, okay? He doesn't expect us to, like, sit in the boat and then out of the boat, right, right at the shore. No, he said, cross, go across. They were out in the deep, over the deep parts of the water when Jesus told them to get out of the boat and walk on the water. So wavy faith is leaving the safety of not only the shore, but the boat too, and stepping out into the deep. Leaving the safety of not only the shore, but the boat too, and stepping out into the deep. like God's asking me to do something, but I've never seen it done before, right? How many of us have ever had that happen, where you feel like God might have asked you to do something, but you've never seen an example of it in the Bible? You've never heard of an example of it from your friends or your family or someone you trust or believe in, right? I've never heard of Jesus doing this before, but I think he's asking me to do it. I don't even know if it would work. (laughs) I've never even heard of God working like this through someone, Well, maybe God wants to do that thing through you for the first time, right? When we look at the Bible and all of the stories in the Bible, you're pretty hard-pressed to find a repeat of the exact same miracle, right? Moses parted the sea for the first time by holding up a stick, right? He was obedient to what God asked him to do. He stood there in faith, believing that God was going to make a way for those Israelites to cross the sea. He stood there in faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of that furnace and didn't even smell like smoke, right? Have we ever seen that happen before or after, right? It was a one time. Joshua marching around a city and its defensive walls crumbling, right? I imagine by day three or four, he's going, this is nuts, man. Like, what am I even doing with my life, (laughs) Or Samson, he killed 5,000 guys with the jawbone of a donkey. Like, come on, wouldn't that thing break eventually? (laughs) The Bible is full of firsts, where God did something amazing because the people were obedient to what he asked them to do. They believed that they were the exception, that Jesus wanted to do something special through them. Now, I believe that this is one of the things that can actually keep us anchored in that boat, stuck in the boat, right? It's the feeling of the need of seeing it done by someone else before I step out. I need an example of someone else doing this before I take that step of faith. Well, Jesus said that he, we would do even greater things, right? So if we would do even greater things, shouldn't that mean that those greater things are new things, Right? Greater things doesn't mean doing the same thing over and over and over again. It means something greater, something new, something bigger, something more amazing. And Jesus has said that about every single one of us. Are we willing to get out that bow of safety and exercise some wavy faith, believing that we're the exception? I'm the exception. You're the exception. Jesus wants to do something through you for the first time ever in the history of mankind. That's an amazing thing to think about. There's a first time for everything. For some of us, we may carry negative things with us that we just think it's how it is, right? You know, we can think of things like no one in my family's ever kept a steady job, so that's me. Or no one in my family has ever gone to post secondary education. No one in my family's ever done college, no one's ever done university, none of it. So that's my lot in life. I'm gonna, that's that's what I got. No one in my family's ever had a marriage last more than five years. I feel like I might be speaking to people right now, whether they're here or online later. I don't know. But that's what we accept sometimes. But Jesus is saying to you, I am the exception. He's saying to you, you are the exception. Believe it. Have faith for it that Jesus wants to do a new thing in you. Peter had the audacity to believe that he was the exception in that moment. If it's really you out there, tell me to come, and I'll come, right? He saw Jesus on the water. He saw that God was out there, and he was willing to take that step of faith, believing that Jesus was going to hold him up the whole time. Number two, wavy faith believes that I am sent. Do you believe you're sent? I hope so, (laughs) because Jesus has sent all of us, every single one of us. Jesus has sent. Jesus has a mission, a purpose, a design for each one of us. Matthew 14, 22 says this, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. He sent them. And it wasn't like, oh, let's just hang out for a bit longer. Like, this is pretty cool, like all these people that are fed by fish and some bread, right? No, he said, all right, guys, miracles happen. Time to go. We're on to the next thing. He sent them. Jesus had just performed one of the biggest miracles ever. And go, right now, in the boat, out you go, right? Sometimes we can get so comfortable in that miracle Jesus just performed, that all, that there's another miracle on the other side, not even on the other side, halfway there, there could be another miracle, but we're stuck wanting to stay in that miracle moment when Jesus has so many more things for us in our lives. You are sent with a purpose. You are sent with the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Like, my goodness, if we really grasp that and what it really means for us, woo, we'd have some serious things happening in our lives. Can just imagine Peter in that moment. Hey, get in the boat. Off you go. But Jesus, I want to stay here with you. Like Jesus, Peter is that like that like a little bit aggressive, like, might have been a little clingy, might have been a little bit like defiant in moments. Well, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to stay here with you, Jesus. Nope. Peter, go. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. But I think it's possible that Jesus had a word of knowledge in that moment. Now remember, Jesus set aside his divinity when he was on Earth. It's so easy to think about these stories as like, well, Jesus is God. So I mean, like, of course he knew there was going to be a storm, or of course he could walk on water. Of course he could. He laid his divinity aside when he was on the Earth. He was reliant on God the Father and the Holy Spirit to empower him while he was on the Earth, right? So I think that he got word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit in that moment, going, "Yes, send these guys right now." Because if you don't send them right now, we're going to miss something here. Send them. Go immediately. And if I send them right now, it should be right out in the middle of there when that storm hits. Right? (laughs) Time to go. When we are living as sent people, we can encounter storms. We should expect to encounter storms. Because when we're on mission for Jesus, it does not mean that everything is just easy peasy. We're just going to coast along. No, Jesus never said that. He said, expect persecution, expect challenges, expect storms. But perspective is everything. If we have the belief that we are sent by Jesus, if we're in full belief that, nope, Jesus has sent me, I'm going, I'm trusting in him, I'm exercising my faith in this, even if it's that 51%, I'm still stepping forward, then it opens up the possibility for us to have wavy faith. You know, the scene of your greatest storm could also be the scene of your greatest miracles. Now, if you think of it like a big dramatic production, right? This is the scene, you know, the disciples are out there floating in the water, they're paddling hard, The storm comes up, and now this great catastrophic moment has the option of either being really bad or having a miracle happen. That is going to be the most amazing memory for those guys, an amazing testimony for them moving forward that they can share with others. If we believe with crazy faith that we were sent, if you believe it, if I believe it, that we are sent, and that when we hit the storm, well, we've got to believe that God must be in it somewhere. That's the perspective that we got to grab a hold of, right? We step down in faith. We're moving forward. We're hitting a storm. But you know what? I'm full of faith that God sent me back there. I'm full of faith that God's in the middle of this storm right now. I just got to find him in it, right? Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things, say all things, Say it with some gusto. All things. There we go. All things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Those disciples were sent according to Jesus' purpose. That storm was not going to wreck them, but Jesus was going to use it for a miracle. God already knows what's going to happen in your middle, in that gap between where you were and where you are going. You know the miracles and the things that God has brought you through and the stuff that's going to happen down the road. Jesus knows what's going to happen in the middle. We just got to find him in the middle of the storm. And that's where our faith can grow. Because when we find where he is in that storm, all of a sudden the storm becomes a non-issue. It just goes, oh, well, this is just lovely. Got a little bit of rain. It's going to do some nice stuff. Go wash some of that salt out of my hair, right? Where's Jesus in the storm? Number three, wavy faith prepares with expectation. So one thing that really stands out in the story to me is that Jesus walked across half a sea of water, right? Like the disciples left a long time before him. It says in the fourth watch of the night he joined them. That's, that's a long time later, okay? The disciples will have been a long ways from shore and Jesus walked across all that water to get to them, not just like a few steps, I think sometimes we miss that in this story. Peter, with his little faith, was only able to walk a little on water, but Jesus walked a long, long ways. So what was the difference there? Well, we could, again, go back to the, well, Jesus is God, so there's that. But he laid his divinity aside, so what was the deciding factor there? What changed those things? Jesus was simply more prepared to face the winds and the waves than Peter was. Jesus prepared, expecting to be able to walk on the water all the way out to them. Jesus walking on the water was just as much, if not more, of a miracle than Peter. Because the length he had to walk, and that he was able to even pull Peter up out of the water while he's standing on the water... Like, that's some pretty big miracles happening there, right? It's one thing to have the miracle of Jesus just being able to walk on the water for himself, but now he's pulling someone else out of the water while he's standing on the water. That's amazing to me. So how did Jesus prepare? What was the difference there that, where Jesus is able to walk halfway across a sea, invite someone to join him, then pull that person up out of the water and help him get into the boat again, right? What was the difference Was it because Jesus was just so pumped that he just fed 5,000 people with, you know, some fish and chips? No. Was it from the overflow of all of the feelings of excitement of all of these people around him? No. It had nothing to do with hype. It had nothing to do with any of that. Jesus went and prepared for the miracle that needed to happen. In Matthew 14, 22, and 23, it said that after he dismissed the crowds he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. There wasn't anyone else with him. It was just him. Just him and God. The Father, Holy Spirit, just just him preparing. The boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. A lot of the time when I see this and I see beaten by the waves, I think of like, you know, the waves crashing against the boat and it's beaten by the waves that way. But when I was reading this this time, it kind of popped out to me, they were defeated by the waves. You know, if you've ever tried paddling against the wind and the waves, you know, Jesus told them to go to the other side and the wind was against them. They were being beaten by the waves. They're trying to paddle forward. They're moving backwards a little bit, right? they were They're beaten. Jesus went off by himself to pray. Jesus knew where his strength came from, and he knew where the source of power came from. Even for the miracle of the 5,000, he knew where that miracle came from, and it was not out of human strength. It was not out of human will, but it was out of empowerment by the Holy Spirit. This is something Jesus did all the time, by the way. He went off to prepare by himself to pray The Garden of Gethsemane, he went to pray. Uh, When he went out in the wilderness and the devil was tempting him, what was he doing out there? He was praying. He was spending time with God, right? Are we prepared to walk out in faith, to step out of the boat? Jesus was on the mountain preparing spiritually to stand on the things that other people drowned in. Jesus wants you to prepare spiritually to stand on the things that other people drowned in today. When we look at what was happening, the disciples were in their boat, paddling with all their might, trying to cross that sea, right? They're in there. They're paddling hard. I can just imagine, Peter, are you guys even paddling? Like, come on, guys. Put your back in it. Right? Right? That was me and my wife on that lake that day. Are you you even doing anything? (laughs) Not the right thing to say, guys. Caitlin, if you're watching, I love you. (laughs) But they were trying in their own strength. They weren't prepared to face the storm that was coming at them. We face all kinds of things in life in our own strength. You know, if I just work harder, if I spend more time trying to connect with the right businesses, maybe go back to college, get my third major degree in something else because the other two didn't pan out for me, spend more time on the water to try and get just a few more fish in the boat. But Jesus is showing us there's a better way. There is a better way to do it. The disciples were working hard, so hard to cross the sea. And here is Jesus. Just taking a scroll across the water. All right, guys. Don't, don't worry. I'm coming. Right? We're in a boat and the wind's coming hard at it. That boat will carry really easy. Jesus is just strolling across those waves. Just like, I got this. Holy Spirit's with me. I know where my boys are. I'm heading out. Hopefully they had their find their phone on. So you could find them. But if we're going to step out in faith and push off from the shore... And go to the deep, right? We better prepare spiritually. We better spend that time with Jesus in the quiet places. You know, we talk about prayer closet. Most of us don't actually get into an actual closet to pray, okay? It's just a term. But, you know, are we taking time alone to pray? It's awesome coming together with the body to pray, but are we preparing individually for the things that God is calling us to? individually, as well as corporately, but are we preparing ourselves? That's the big thing. Now, if we don't prepare spiritually, that blessing we're going after might just turn around and give us a swift kick in the butt, <laughs> because we weren't prepared for it. We weren't prepared to, to, for the battles that were going to come, and we're going to end up beaten, discouraged, downhearted, Right? But if we spent time preparing, then when we're in that storm, it's like, I know where God is in this. I'm good. I'm right where I need to be. Number four, wavy faith examines before expressing. When we're out in the deep and waves and wind are all around us, maybe a healthy dose of fundy fog just for good measure, right? Like we were driving back from Halifax yesterday and we could just see the the fog just rolling across the highway. I, that doesn't get old to me because I'm from away. And uh, it, I just find it fascinating that, how the fog rolls in. But we need to be careful in those situations to examine the situation, not make a hasty assumption, but examine the situation and really look for where God is at work in the middle of that storm or we could miss him entirely. You know, Matthew 14, 25, and 26, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost, right? And they cried out in fear. That's Jesus walking towards them, the Son of God, and they didn't see it right. They were quick to examine, quick to judge it, and said, it's a ghost, when really it's the Son of God walking towards them who's going to perform another miracle right then and there. No, the opposite of faith is not doubt. A lot of the time we can think it's doubt, but it's not doubt. It's fear, right? And when we're afraid, we can label something that is for our good as something bad. When the disciples saw Jesus coming on the water, through the wind, the spray of the water, the fog, it's kind of dark out, I think that would be a little bit freaky to see someone coming towards you, but in their haste, they labeled Jesus a ghost. This was the one and only time that we see Jesus walking on water. But how often do we miss out on what God wants to do because we didn't recognize him at work in the middle of that thing? Well, this is how I experience God, right? Lots of us have that, where it's like, when I experience God, this is how it happens every single time. That's another edge of that boat, but Jesus wants us to step beyond. I'm waiting for God to move in my life like He did last time, you know, 5, 10 or 15 years ago, right? Did you know that we can experience God in many, many different ways? When we look at the New Testament and even the way Jesus healed people, the way He did His ministry, the multitude of miracles He happened that happened, It was different. Over and over again. And these disciples got to experience Jesus in the flesh. Performing miracles in unexpected ways. Over and over and over again. And yet somehow us as Christians today. A lot of the time we expect God to give us the same experience that he did last time. And we get stuck waiting for that same experience to happen again. When Jesus is going, hello. I'm over here. (laughs) Guys. Come on, right? Are we looking for that same experience of God in our lives, or are we actually looking for God in our lives? We need to stop looking for how he used to move and start looking for where Jesus is in today. Sometimes we even label something as from the devil that Jesus actually wants to use for our good. We can label things that are meant to bless us as a curse If we don't read it right, take the time to properly examine. In the storm, God might not always look like God to you. Because in our limited human brains, we can't comprehend all that God is. Take COVID, for example. Everyone hates that word, but I'm going to use it. ac word. Take COVID, for example. This was a great recent storm that all of us experienced together in different ways. And, then, you know, there's still a huge divide in the church over what that was and how, like, I'm not even going to get into that. But what if God was standing there in the middle of that storm the whole time? And I fully believe he was. Jesus was firmly planted in the middle of that whole thing. Now, was he causing all the stuff to happen? No. But Jesus was in there. He was doing a good work in the middle of that storm. And here's some of my perspectives that, you know, what COVID did in my life And what I believe God allowed to happen through COVID even, where he gave me some different things, and I actually saw a blessing in my life as a result of some of the COVID things. My family was strengthened. All that at-home time that could have been horrible, I got to spend extra time with my kids, got to spend extra time with my wife. We got to go fishing a little bit more because that was isolated, right? What a blessing that was for my family, I learned how to worship differently as many of you did. You no, know, making declarations of how good God is of the good things he's doing in our lives instead of singing all the time, right? Spending more time in prayer, spending more time in the word. Why? Because I couldn't do some of the other things that I just always do, right? It caused me to value the gathering all the more. Right? We had gotten so accustomed as I just go to church, right? Like, it's just what we do. But when that was taken away for a season, it was like, I need this in my life. I want this in my life. I miss being with the people. It broke the mold as to what church has to look like, right? We got to try different things. We got to experiment a little bit. And we still saw God moving, even though it didn't look like a Sunday service does like this. Church doesn't have to be the same look and feel every time for God to move. It caused us to dream about new ways of reaching people that we've never tried before. This church grew through COVID. Other churches were shrinking a bit. This church grew. I saw people get saved in the middle of COVID. You can't tell me that God wasn't working in the middle of COVID. It was happening. It also gave me time to study and read more books and just get deeper in my relationship with Jesus. Was COVID easy? No. (laughs) But was there blessing in it still? Yes. Undeniably, yes. What we think might be a ghost in some situations... Might actually be Jesus coming to us on that water, going, guys, Just if you just, like, look up, recognize that it's me in the middle of this thing, it's going to be okay. But then there's Peter. I love Peter. Looking out, straining his eyes, thinking, you know, that might, maybe I'm 51% sure, that could be Jesus out there in the water. Quite Possibly. Gonna take a risk. Go roll the dice on this one. <laughs> that was enough for him. It gave him enough faith to exercise his wavy faith, which brings me to my final point. Wavy faith can't ignore exposure. When we recognize that Jesus is actually out there, when we see him in the middle of that storm, standing in the sea of our lives, unaffected by the waves and the wind able to stand on the abyss of our deep, we won't be able to handle staying in that boat any longer. That boat is not going to be the thing for us anymore. We're going to want to step out of that boat to go towards him. Peter saw his leader, Jesus, living in wavy faith. Matthew 14, and 29. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Tell me to come. And Jesus said, Quite simply, come. Just come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. The boat's all we know. All of my experiences, the shared stories of the people I know, you know, it's the things that have been keeping me afloat in life. This is all I know. But Jesus is on the other side of that hall. He's standing on the water with a simple invitation just come just come it's going to be okay just come and this is something that i fully believe jesus is asking all of us to do not just a couple all of us come get out of your comfortable get out of the safety of those boats and step out onto that water the sad thing is is that that day only two people walked on the water jesus didn't say come peter Peter asked the question, but Jesus just simply said, come. I fully believe that every single one of those disciples could have stepped out of that boat that day and walked on water. But Peter was the only one that exercised his wavy faith and stepped out of the safety to where Jesus was walking. Will you be one? I want to be one. Will you be one? Will you step out of the boat? Spend time preparing. Get spiritually ready. Spend lots of time in prayer. You know, there used to be that old song, read your Bible and pray every day. It's, we need to read our Bibles and pray every day so that we are prepared to walk on the waves of life and step out of that boat, right? While we stand, I want to just close this in prayer. Jesus is challenging us in this series. He's challenging me in this series to activate my faith for greater things, to activate my faith to a point where it's like, you're crazy, but a good kind of crazy, where we can stand and believe that God is gonna come through for us over and over and over and over again, no matter what comes against us. If we fully believe that we are the exception, know that we are chosen, that we are sent We can walk on those waves. We can walk in the middle of that storm. And Jesus is going to hold us up the whole time. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each person here in this room. Give us eyes to see you in the middle of our storms. Help us recognize where you're at work in the middle of the things we're facing in life. And Jesus, give us the courage, the bravery, even the audacity to step out of that boat and to come towards you on the water, Jesus. Lord, I don't think that any of us are going to be um, satisfied with sitting in the boat much longer. Jesus, you've got too many great things that you want to do. You've got great miracles that you want to do. You have healings that you want to do. You have breakthroughs that you want to do, Jesus. And we get to be a part of it if we'll just step out of that boat. So, Lord, and as opposed to standing on the sidelines... You know, being on the shore looking out and seeing, hey, there's something going on on the water there. Lord, help us to see you in the storm and help us have the courage, the bravery, that 51% faith even, that says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out of that boat. This is, does not make sense, but Jesus, we're stepping out. So I pray that as we go today, that you would reveal yourself to us, that we would see you in all of it. And Lord, give us that desire to be prepared people with lots and lots of time spent with you, Jesus. We just pray a blessing over each one as they go today and just thank you so much that we get to do this together. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, be blessed as you go today, church, and we will see you next Sunday.